A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Jack, and my whole life, I thought I was an orphan, until I turned 14 and members of the Secret Service adopted me and told me I was a genetically enhanced human and the son of the richest man on Earth. Before anything else, shout out to both King Mark and Training Field. Your comments inspired today's story. Remember to post your original title ideas in the comments below. Give a like to the ones you would like to see animated. If your titles do well, we'll include you in a special Discord server. For now, let's jump straight into today's thrilling story. All I knew growing up was the orphanage. The people there told me I was found in an alley. A policewoman kindly took me in, but after exhausting all efforts and finding out that my parents had passed away, she was forced to surrender me to social services and they placed me at the orphanage. I grew up being told that my parents were dead. For so many years, I waited and waited to get adopted, but nobody ever came to take me. The years passed and I watched all my friends leave, and I just kept growing and growing, and eventually, I realized that I was getting too old to get adopted. I was a handful of years away from turning 18 and being kicked out of the institution. That was when I started rebelling. I caused trouble because I knew I didn't have to act like a nice boy. What was the point? Nobody was going to ever take me in anyway. Unfortunately, my antics got way too out of hand. When I did something that got the other kids in trouble and injured one of the volunteers, I was thrown out of the orphanage. I had nowhere to go, and I just turned 14. It was probably the worst birthday I'd ever had. As I wandered the streets, wondering where I would sleep or get my next meal, a black van honked, slowed, and pulled up next to me. The window rolled down and I heard someone inside say, Confirmed. It's him. That was when the van's door slid open and a couple of ladies all in black grabbed me and pulled me into the van with them. I tried to wriggle free. I kicked and screamed but nobody tried to help me. To the people on the street, I was just another hobo. Nobody would miss me. I felt myself get weak and in a couple seconds, I couldn't feel my feet anymore. I woke up in a completely white room. It was so bright and light in there. Nothing seemed real. I wondered if I was somehow in a weird simulation and then, the door hissed open like they do in those sci-fi movies we used to watch at the orphanage during Saturdays. A lady came in. She was smoking hot. Dressed in leather and with glasses that made her look like an evil librarian, she stood over my bed and offered to shake my hand. I didn't take it. Who are you? What have you done to me? Where am I? She didn't respond. Instead, she grabbed my hand, but instead of shaking it, she pulled on it so I was forced to bend over. She touched the back of my neck as if she was looking for something. Then, she straightened me up and touched the earpiece she was wearing. Charlie to Eagle, I've confirmed the asset. Asset is safe and in working order. What are you talking about? What asset? Where am I? Answer my questions! 
I thought for a second she was gonna hurt me. Instead, she smiled the sweetest smile. You, Jack, you're the asset, and I'm glad you're finally back home. Home? What are you talking about? This, this whole place is your home, Jack. The place your parents built. And we've been waiting for you this whole time. Your return's a bit earlier than expected, but we're just glad you didn't fall into the wrong hands. I perked up. My parents? So they left something else in this world other than me? There was more to my parents? This whole thing was theirs? What else didn't I know? Was it possible? Could they... Maybe... They're not really dead? But it was as if the lady read my mind. She looked down at her shoes and said, I'm sorry to let your hopes down. Unfortunately, your parents aren't with us anymore. We only exist now to continue their work and to await your return. Charlie was the head of the organization. Until I was trained enough and could take over someday, that is. She walked me around the building and briefed me on everything I needed to know. She told me that my parents were the best Secret Service agents she had ever known. And because of that, they were in demand in every corner of the world. They made their fortunes serving governments, kings, queens, tycoons, and all the other billionaires of the world. Eventually, they started their own agency and hired only the best. And when they decided to have a family, they vowed to raise the most advanced super soldiers the world had ever seen. I was the first ever product of the most advanced version of the gene editing tool called CRISPR. Unfortunately, I was the first and last of their army. They never got to give me other brothers and sisters. Mom gave birth to me before their last mission. They never came back. The last thing they heard from them was a distress call. My parents were ambushed and they died in the line of duty. Being your parents, they set up an elaborate plan to hide you from anyone who might want to harm you. And they were right in doing so. The moment you were born, evil people around the world either wanted to have you or erase your existence. They were the ones who ambushed your parents, thinking she was still carrying you. Not even we know how your parents managed to hide you. They didn't tell anyone in the agency any of their plans, and they hid you deep. It took us over a year to find you, and we have the world's best agents and spies working for us. Why didn't you come and get me? It was never your parents' plan to expose you to any danger before you could officially join the family business. The moment you turned 18, we were supposed to extract you. The final data packet they sent us contained instructions on how to proceed after their death, but it was so heavily encrypted, we couldn't crack it until years later. But now, well, now you're here. We have no choice but to put you on your path. And what path is that? This. This agency is yours. You're the only surviving heir of the two richest people on Earth. Your parents wanted you to follow in their footsteps. Your destiny is in your genes. The biological ones and the augmented ones. You were made to be the best super spy in the world, and we will train you. I was a little hesitant at first, and scared out of my mind. A few hours ago, I was a homeless orphan, and now I was being told I had riches beyond imagining, and that my destiny was set before I even drew my first breath. The recruits in my class were much older than me. Some of them had PhDs or served in the army. Some even had insanely scary skills, and they made fun of me. At training camp, nobody gave a crap about who I was or who my parents were. If I couldn't hack it there, I was of no use to the agency, and I struggled. I was forced into a deep dive into a world I had no idea about, and it showed. The instructors would put me on the spot, knowing who my parents were, but when I stumbled, struggled, or didn't know answers to any of the questions, the recruits would openly laugh, noting how ridiculous it was that the future head of the agency knew diddly squat about the spy world. I would go to bed with bruises and a shattered self-esteem and even in my sleep I would hear the mocking laughter of the other recruits. I had no aptitude in martial arts or spycraft, and my brain kept being jumbled from the sheer volume of info dumps during the training sessions. 
Maybe they were right. Maybe I fudged up my parents' plans by getting out of the orphanage too early. I wasn't ready at all for any kind of responsibility. One night, I woke up sweating. I could swear I heard voices outside my door. I ran. Barefoot, I followed the rushing voices. Suddenly, red lights started flashing all around me. An alarm blared in the distance, and Charlie's voice came over the intercom. Infiltrators are in the premises. Men, to your stations. The asset must be secured. At all costs. Me. They were here because of me. And when they got too near to my door, they must have tripped the alarms. And now they're on the run. The doors of the recruits' rooms opened one by one, and they looked at me in shock, all wondering what to do. Until one of the recruits, a girl named Sandra, screamed. She was pointing in Eric's room. Slowly, Eric exited his room. But behind him, holding him hostage, were a bunch of men with masks on. Before I could even blink, each one of the masked men moved like ninjas and grabbed hold of the nearest recruit. They squirmed and struggled, but the men overpowered them. Their leader knew my name. He knew exactly who I was. We can do this the easy way, or the hard way. What's the hard way? The man raised his hand, poised to hurt the recruit he was holding captive. Without warning, something inside me awoke. I could see every possible scenario. My brain raced, and I saw events play out before me, before my body even moved a muscle. In the blink of an eye, I focused on the one plan of attack that had the best possible outcome. I didn't feel my feet push me off, but I was in the air, and in five simple moves, the intruders were on the ground. I saved those recruits who had no faith in me, and since then, nobody ever laughed at me again. The training was working after all. I was just soaking all that knowledge up. My body was just waiting for my genetic enhancement to wake up from years of sleep. I was officially inducted into their organization, and I became its leader. I had an almost infinite amount of riches and resources at my fingertips, and with it, I beefed up the security at the agency. I ran the place in a way my parents would be proud of, with Charlie's help of course. And then, I began to hunt for those who wanted to harm me. made me work for my food. They said I was eating too much that they had to take another mortgage on the house. When I graduated middle school, they told me I had to start paying rent. Because like they said, tuition was expensive and I needed to pay them back for it. We weren't even poor. My stepmom was loaded. They put me to work in my uncle's bricklaying business. Not exactly a light job for a tiny teenager. But I did it anyway. I just wanted to make money. And every time I did, I would keep some for myself. My name's James, and I'm just a regular dude trying to get through high school. I planned to use what money I had saved up to get freedom as soon as I graduated. I wanted to move out of my stepmom and dad's house, so they could no longer tell me what to do. The problem was, I didn't account for life happening, and all the random problems and opportunities it can bring. It all started when we were on a class trip to some modern art museum. 
The only reason we were able to go to such a fancy place was because one of our classmates' dad owned it. Unfortunately, while the class was leaving, I saw Jonas trip over the carpet and slam into one of the pillars that held a very expensive-looking glass. I would have laughed. See, Jonas was a bit of a rival of mine. We've always gone after the same girls. I always wanted to be cooler than the other. And see my rival do a tumble would have been hilarious. Only that I saw the vase tumbling down with him. And I knew we'd all be in trouble. I tried to catch it, but I was too late. Jonas fell, caught the vase, and crashed it as he rolled on the floor. It was broken into a thousand pieces. Luckily, there were no alarms, but we were both panicking. Any moment, someone might walk in. I put aside our rivalry and told him I would help him. Quick, uh, hand me those pieces! What? Huh? Hand me those pieces so I can hide them! I'll cover for you! I'll tell them we didn't see anything! We have to get out of here, now! I gathered every little piece I could find and put it in my bag. But then, that very same moment, the owner of the museum appeared. Behind him was our classmate, Carol. She was shocked when she saw me holding the broken pieces of the vase. I tried to explain, but Jonas blurted out immediately. It was him! He was gonna hide it, too! I told him not to hide any of it, but he didn't want to get into trouble! And with just that one statement, I was found guilty. They didn't even need to investigate it. After all, they caught me red-handed. The very next day, my parents were called in by the principal, and I got a world of hurt. Carol's dad demanded that we pay for the damages. I wanted to tell them all that it was Jonas. But who would believe me? I was the one holding the broken pieces when they found me. That night, Mom and Dad berated me for a solid two hours. How dare you get us into this much trouble? Do you know how long it will take me and your mother to pay back $50,000? Mom! Dad, it, it wasn't me! Stop lying! Now go upstairs and think about what you did. Just for this, you won't get any birthday or Christmas presents. As if I ever got any in the first place. If I said that out loud, I would have gotten grounded for ages. My parents forced me to hand over every penny I made, seeing how I needed to pay for the broken vase myself. I got depressed. I was really looking forward to being out of the house as soon as possible. That was when Carol approached me at school. What's wrong, James? You seem down these past few days. Oh. Besides the fact that I owe your dad 50 grand? Not much. My parents are working me twice as hard now. They refuse to pay for it. I'm sorry. I tried to ask my dad to let you off the hook, but he never listens to me. I wish anyone would have listened to me. It was Jonas who broke it. You know what? I might just have a solution. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. That intrigued me. So I asked what Carol had in mind. My dad's been trying to get me to marry this douche. We've known each other since we were four. Our families arranged for us to be engaged when I turned 16, and we would get married the moment I turned 18. I don't want to go through with it, but my dad never listens. My fiancé is awful. Plus, he's like 10 years older. 
I haven't even seen him in years. So... What do you want me to do about it? Meet me at the Red Ribbon Diner at 5 tomorrow. Tell your parents you'll be gone for the week. Tell them you're going to go to a friend's party to kick off the summer holidays or something. I dressed as nicely as I could, not knowing what we'd be up to. I brought a change of clothes, and as soon as I got there, Carol handed me a thick envelope. And when I looked into it, my jaw dropped. There must have been at least 10,000 bucks in there. <laughs> what the? That's just for this weekend. I'll give you double that if we pull this off. Carol drove us to a villa by the sea. It was huge and extravagant. I'd never been in a house that expensive. She told me I was going to stay there for the summer, and given that my parents didn't care where I was, I said yes. She told me she needed my help. Her parents were going to arrive in the neighboring villa soon, and that I would pretend to be her boyfriend for the whole summer, just to annoy her family and her billionaire fiancé. If we got the fiancé to call the wedding off, she'd pay me 40 grand more. That would take my money up to 60 Enough to pay your dad and to have a bit of change for me to leave home. I acted like the biggest douche there ever was. When we went to meet her family, her dad was so red, he'd think he was about to blow steam out of his ears. The fiancé was taken aback by the fact that her fiancé had a boyfriend. And I put on the best performance of my life. I talked non-stop about myself. I would keep kissing Carol in front of everyone. Carol bought me expensive clothes and the tackiest watches and jewelry, and I wore them all. I spit at the table, I made gross noises while having dinner with her family, and best of all, when I told her I love her, I'd look straight in her fiancé's eyes and wink at him, rubbing it in his face that his girl was mine. That dinner ended in chaos. The fiancé, humiliated by all that, threw his glass on the floor. I don't know what you're playing at, Mr... Eggenman, but your daughter clearly has no intent to be faithful to me. I'm calling off the wedding. My father will hear about this disrespect. The merger between our companies is done. I never want to see you or your daughter ever again. He left in a huff, throwing a tantrum like a baby. And Carol's dad's face was unexplainable. Her mom was almost in tears at how horrible I was behaving at the dinner table and her brothers and sisters were all taking videos of the whole thing. Please, Carol, I give up. Please, break up with this oaf! I'm begging you, take anyone, anyone but him! I went home after the summer, 60,000 richer. Yep, her dad let me off the hook just so I would leave his daughter alone, and I gotta keep all the money from Carol. The problem was, my stepmom found the wad of cash when she was cleaning my room, and I had to fess up to her. I thought she would scream at me. Instead, she had a mischievous glint in her eyes. You know, I've been asking your dad for a trip to the Bahamas for ages, but he never budges. So, here's my plan. My stepmom wanted me to start dating my stepsister. In her mind, if I did something so grotesque, she could convince Dad to give her anything if she put a stop to it. I said yes, of course, given that she was prepared to offer me ten grand, and just to get her off my back. 
Unfortunately, when Dad found out, it wasn't the result we were hoping for. He threw me out of the house, and my stepmom didn't pay me. But that summer, I found out there was a niche in the market I could fill. So I started my very own rent-a-boyfriend agency. At first, it was just me. I would go out on dates with lonely girls or girls who had to go to events and needed an arm candy. I made so much money, I even got to pay for college. That was when my business really boomed. My dorm mates found out what I was doing and they wanted in, and I hired them. They paid me 10% of their earnings. Valentine's and Christmas were our busiest times. In my senior year, my company took in hundred grand in profit during Valentine's Day alone. But that year, we almost shut down. Because guess what? Remember Jonas? My rival? Well, he's been stalking me. And now, he works in the same business. Once again, we were rivals. He tried to spread rumors about my company, telling everyone I stole his idea. Jonas was a smooth talker, and a lot of people believed him. So, I had to take him down. I sneaked into his offices one night, and with the help of my guys, we hacked his computer and downloaded his entire client list. That night, I sent them 50% off coupons for my company. And once they'd experienced how our services were much better, and that I taught my guys how to listen and act like the perfect gentleman, they switched to us entirely. Jonas's company went into the ground. It was around that time that Carol came back into my life. I looked for you at your old house. They said you haven't been there in years. Oh, yeah. What brings you all the way here? Well, I heard you run a business now. I'm finally free of my dad, by the way. I was wondering if you'd do one last job for me. What is it? For you? Anything. Free of charge. See... I was wondering if you'd pretend to be my boyfriend again. Of course! But this time? Forever. So now, Carol and I are married. And I don't go out to clients anymore. I only run the business. As was our deal, Carol is now my one and only client. It was an ordinary day when I met Priya. The kind of day you wouldn't expect something extraordinary to happen. My name's Zane and I was rushing to work when I saw an old lady crossing the street. She was having a hard time. Cars were zooming past, ignoring the fact that the old lady was trying to cross. There was no crosswalk, but the sign says that cars should give way to pedestrians. Only, nobody was. So, even though I was already running late, I stopped to help her. I took her hand, and I bravely stepped out onto the street, making every car stop as we crossed the street. And when we finally made it to the other side, I felt her grip my hand tightly. Thank you, kind sir. I looked down, and I finally got a look at her face. And what I saw surprised me. She was no old lady at all. She was dressed like one, as if in a disguise. But under all those clothes, she was a beautiful young lady. Probably the most gorgeous girl I had ever seen. I didn't even notice that her hands were so delicate and soft, without a single wrinkle on them at all. She smiled up at me and I felt myself blush. I'd never had a girl look at me like that before. Please. I need your help. I found myself saying something I never thought I would. 
Not on a day when my manager was supposed to do my evaluation. How can I help? I need you to hide me. People are after me. Take me to your house. Please, hide me! I saw the panic in her eyes, heard the helplessness in her voice, and I knew then and there I had no choice. I had to. I held her hand the whole time, and I traced my steps back to where my day started. I showed her into my small apartment, and that was where she told me everything. I gave her some food and drinks, and she devoured all of it in minutes. She smiled at me cutely, her eyes wide and grateful. I'm sorry. I'm starving. I haven't eaten in days. Priya told me everything. She was a princess, and when her father passed, the crown was supposed to go to her. Unfortunately, some cunning evil cousins were after the crown too, and because of their greed, they were prepared to do anything to get the crown. She was driven out of her home by these cousins, and now they were after her. She was living in a safe house with her security detail and the most loyal of her subjects. But when she least expected it, the cousins sent agents to capture her. There was a huge fight and she was separated from the people who were protecting her. In desperation, Priya fled on some fisherman's boat, and that was how she ended up so far away from home. My mind reeled. First of all, it was shocking enough to find out that a princess was sitting on my tiny couch in my messy flat, and to find out that she was embroiled in such a bizarre, larger-than-life struggle was honestly mind-blowing. I knew I needed to help her. I knew I had to do something. Suddenly, my job, my life, and my annual evaluation seem inconsequential compared to her problems. So in the next few days... I did all I could to get her back in touch with her people. I googled and I asked as many friends as I could if they could help, all while keeping it hush-hush, of course. I didn't want to attract any unwanted attention, in case her cousins found out where she was. I let Priya live with me. It was such an awkward situation. I couldn't afford to put her up at a hotel, and she didn't want to anyway, because being in public places scares her. So, she stayed at my tiny one-bedroom, and the strangest part of it is that I still had to work and live my life. She was often there alone. During those days, I noticed changes in my house. She would arrange things, clean them, and whenever I got home, there would be dinner waiting for me. She would serve me piping hot dishes that warmed my heart. I honestly didn't know how to feel or think. Here she was, a princess who probably had hundreds of maids, and she was serving me. She was looking after me, like she was some housewife who suddenly entered my dull, boring life. I can't say I didn't enjoy it. She was beautiful, and she was kind, and very interesting. It just all seemed so... surreal. After a few weeks of nothing and having a princess living with me, I finally got a lead. Somehow, I managed to get in contact with one of her old supporters. He told me the same story she did. He said they were all safe and that they had transferred to a different safe house, and that they had been trying to look for Priya for months now. I got home that night and shared the good news with her. She jumped up in pure joy and kissed me on the cheek. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Zane. 
You don't know how happy this makes me. You saved my life. And now you've done it again. I can't believe this. I don't know how I would be able to repay you. We must go to them at once. And so, we did. The guy I contacted was called Gregory, one of her uncles, and he sent me coordinates for where to meet. It had to be completely secret. So, he flew over in the middle of the night and under a disguise. We met at a corner of some park, and I told him that Priya was safe in my apartment. We walked together, taking random U-turns and making detours everywhere just to make sure we weren't being followed. And when we finally got to my place, Priya hugged the man. She had tears in her eyes. I'm so, so glad to see you again, Uncle Gregory. I thought you had all been captured. Gregory smiled and winked at me. Just then, a knock came at the door. My heart stopped. Who could that be at this time of night? And then, before either of us could react, Gregory strode to the door and opened it. Priya screamed. There, at my door, were two girls, and they had the most evil grins on their faces. Good to see you again, cousin. Oh, and who's this? You didn't tell us you'd found yourself a handsome, strapping lad. I guess now that you won't be queen, I can have him. Not before I take him for myself. We were ever so hurt when you skipped town. Oh, I'm so glad Uncle Greg found you for us. Priya turned to her uncle with tears in her eyes. You! It was you! Yes, of course. I was the one who told them about our safe house, too. You still hadn't figured that out? <laughs> my, my. You really don't deserve the throne. Did you really think I would just let go of the fact that your father humiliated me and my family when he stripped us of that title? Oh, for a tiny tax mishap! You stole three million dollars from the treasury, and I still let you back into the fold. Well, now it's your turn to be punished. Hmm, princess. I knew it was my only window. I had to act fast, or her life will be in danger once more. I had grown attached to Priya, so I did the only thing I can do. I kicked my chairs at them and I grabbed Priya and carried her. I ran as fast as I could. There were men outside the house. Scary men. Luckily, I was very light on my feet and used to dodging people as a waiter. So, I got out of there with no trouble at all. I went on a loop and ended up going through the back gate of my apartment. I hid with Priya in the shed where I kept my old stuff. I figured they would never find us if we hid in the house we just escaped from. And I was right. They were gone in minutes. I packed my bags and made sure I got some blankets. I broke my piggy bank and took every single dollar out. I called my boss as we ran in the cover of darkness for the harbor. What do you mean you can't make it tomorrow? You've missed three workdays this month, Zane! And you missed your own annual evaluation! If you don't show, you're fired! That's fine, boss. I'm saving a literal princess's life at the moment, so I think that Trump's working for you. When we finally reached the harbor, we stayed in one of the boats, wrapped in blankets, until finally, at around four in the morning, the fisherman came in. I offered all the money I had, 
just for them to take us to Priya's country. It was a long journey, but when I told them our story, they offered to do it for free. And so, I snuck Priya back to her land, and once there, we were able to find her people. From all the evidence they gathered, they took her cousins and uncle to court, and once again, they were all stripped of their titles. Priya was reinstated as princess, and was soon to be crowned queen. It was then that she asked me to stay. And because I had nothing going for me back home, I said yes. At first, a lot of the aristocrats and nobles hated me. They said I didn't deserve to be king, that I was a nobody. But when Priya told them everything I did for her, they changed their minds, and the people loved me. They called me a national hero for saving their beloved princess. They even made a movie about Priya's journey and how I rescued her. Priya and I got married, and just before her coronation, thousands of people greeted us in the streets. And Priya was so beautiful that day. She asked me what I wanted the most in the whole world. It's to say thank you for rescuing me. Anything in the world. I smiled. I already have what I want. Priya blushed. Although, if you wouldn't mind, there is one thing. Just one. It's done. Priya and I visited the restaurant I bought, and once we were there, I greeted my old boss. There were hundreds of people outside. Some of them were reporters curious about why a queen and her king were there. My boss's jaw dropped when he recognized me. I just smiled at him. I've never seen this place so full. Must be us coming to visit. Uh, oh, and by the way, boss? Uh, you're fired. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 